Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, thank you for joining me for today's episode. I know many of you really struggle with your faith, with your relationship with God and with the Bible, God's Word, after the death of your child. It can feel like God didn't keep his end of things. And reading the Bible or continuing to claim his promises is one of the last things you want to or feel like you can do. After Becca died, I was one who dug into the word even more because I knew I needed to find hope and I needed to find the comfort and the peace that I knew God wanted to give me through the written word. Now, I was a pastor's kid for several years growing up. My dad was also a children's evangelist, and I traveled with him when he went to camps and VBSs across the country, which means I memorized a lot of Bible verses going to all those weeks of camps and VBSs every summer. In high school, I was in what was called Bible Bowl, which was a team competition with studying books of the Bible. They would assign books of the Bible. You'd study them out. Then we were asked questions that involved hitting your buzzer and answering them quickly and correctly. I've also been asked by multiple people to quote the books of the Bible because of how fast I can say them. Right out of high school, I went through an intense two-year Bible college study course, and as an adult, I became an international children's minister, and I am ordained. Now, the reason I am telling you all of this is to let you know that I am fairly familiar with the Bible. It has been an integral part of my life from a very young age. But as I have continued to turn to the Word over the last few years after Becca died, there are so many scriptures that have taken on a whole new meaning now. And I wanted to share a few of those with you. And when I say scriptures that take on a new meaning, I'm talking about scriptures that are now an encouragement to me that I see them almost through a different lens now. I'm going to start with the scripture of 2 Corinthians 4.18. If you're familiar with it, most of us hear it put this way. While we do not look at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And I guess even as I'm sharing this, I feel like maybe that's appropriate to start with that scripture because that was one of the scriptures I read at Becca's funeral. So I guess when I think about it, it's one that has really carried me from the very, very beginning. I think we can all agree that at this point, a lot of our focus is no longer in this world, is it? And it takes a long time for us to even want to be part of this world after the death of our child. Now, I like to pull out different translations to get different ways of saying the same thing. The way it might be a translation, it might be a paraphrase, but sometimes it just comes alive more to me or it just brings more meaning to it. And so let me read this in what's called the Passion Translation. It says, We don't focus our attention on what is seen, 
but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. And it's so easy for us because we're in this realm, in the tangible realm, what we see, what we hear, what we touch, what we smell, that this is our reality right now. But eternity, I mean, you think about it, that's more real than this earth that we're in because it was there before any of this was created. It will continue to be there when the Lord comes back and he says he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And so what the realm that our children in, the eternal realm, the unseen realm, actually it's more real than what we're in right now. And it's hard for us to comprehend that. I know that. The voice translation says, we focus on the things we cannot see, which live on and on. That That's for sure it, isn't it? Because our children, we can't see them. They're in the unseen realm. They're in the eternal realm. And that tends to be where our focus is. I love how the Message Bible says it. Now, this is actually starting with verse 16, backing it up a little bit. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow, but the things we can't see now will last forever. To me, that is such a word of encouragement and something that I definitely hold on to in a totally different way than I ever did before. There really is far more here than meets the eye, isn't there? Let's look at Romans 8 verses 38 and 39. Now I'm going to read this from the New King James Version because I think this is one that a lot of us are familiar with the way it says it. And it says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, one day, the reason I'm sharing this verse is because one day I was reading this and I realized that I... I believed this verse years and years and years before Becca ever died, that absolutely nothing could separate me from God's love. Absolutely nothing. And it went through that whole list we just read. But the one that hit me was when it said, nor things to come. And I realized that for years, I believed that verse, not knowing what was to come, not knowing that my daughter was going to leave this earth way before I did, and the pain that it was going to put me in. So it just really hit me, do I believe that or not? That things to come that I used to believe that it didn't matter what happened in this world, it did not matter what happened in this life, it did not matter what happened in my future, there was no way I could ever be separated from God's love. And so it was just, I guess, almost kind of stunning to me to think that I had a choice to make. Was I going to continue to choose to believe this? What I what I said I believed 
you know, way back, do I still believe that? Do I still believe that things to come included Becca's death? And, you know, obviously I, I don't know what is still to come in my life before I pass through. Do I believe this, that absolutely nothing can separate me from God's love? Because I know a lot of us struggle with God doesn't really love me, or he wouldn't let something like this happen. He wouldn't let me go through so much pain. He wouldn't allow these kinds of things in the world. And so we question that. I want to read the same scripture now, Romans 8, 38 and 39 in the Passion Translation. It says, so now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, over life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. And I know we feel like there's no way his passionate love has been lavished on us through the death of our child, but I want to just stop and think about this for just a second. It's through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. Through Jesus, he has lavished his love on us because of what Jesus did through Jesus, through the cross, through the death and the torture and what he went through for us. He made a way for us to be with our children again. And the next time we're together, it'll be forever. We won't be separated. And these evil things that are in the world now won't be there. And so he has lavished his love on us through Jesus by making a way for us to live in eternity with our children in perfection and glory and being in the presence of this lavished love because we will be spirit to spirit then fully in the spirit realm like our children are and how they're experiencing it right now. Okay, let's look at Philippians chapter 1 verse 21. This is one I had to study out a little bit for some reason. I just, well, it's, let me, it's a scripture when Paul said to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I don't know, just thinking about that, I just wanted to dig into it a little bit. And what I first discovered is that Paul actually used the word Messiah, not Christ. When it's interpreted as Christ, Paul said that to live is Mashiach, which is Messiah. Why does that make a difference? Well, both of them mean anointed one. Christ is the anointed one, and Messiah is the anointed one. But the Messiah, Mashiach, carries with it the additional weight of a promised deliverer. The Messiah was the one the Israelites were waiting for to deliver them from bondage and to bring restoration. And so knowing this, it made the phrase to live as Christ take on a new meaning to me because it, it was saying to live is the Messiah, to live is Mashiach, which means to live brings me a new wave of hope and thankfulness 
even many years after Becca's death, because when I stay connected to Jesus through the Holy Spirit, he carries a specific anointing to be my deliverer through this. His powerful anointing continues to bring healing and restoration to my shattered heart. To me, that is so much more than just to to live as Christ. To live is the Messiah. To continue here on earth after Becca died means that I am leaning on the anointed one who came as the deliverer and the restorer of my shattered, broken heart. And then real quick, to look at that phrase, to die is gain. Now, we believe this in our own lives now, right? Because we want to die. We want to gain eternity. We want to gain being with our child who is in heaven now. We want to go be with them. In fact, if you're like me, when Becca died, I felt like I was just living in a shell waiting for it to get give out so I could be done here. But I want to look at this maybe from our child's perspective because I have to ask myself if it is true that to die is gain, what did my child gain when she died? What did your child gain when he or she died? Well, we have children hanging out in incredible glory and perfection, no sickness, no pain, physical, emotional, no hurtful rejections. I mean, we could go on and on with this list of all the crappy things that are in this world, right? So when I take time to think about what Becca has gained, I can start feeling happy for her, which does ease some of my pain of my wanting her here. But another thing I discovered when studying this verse is that the original word that was used by Paul, the word gain, is often translated in other places in the Bible as profit. It's the word rivach. And so our children have gained even more life than they had here. Everything that is good was multiplied beyond what we could imagine. There was a huge profit made for them when they crossed over. And there's going to be a huge profit for us when we cross over too. So when I look at this verse and how God originally said it through Paul putting in you know, changing those words of how he originally said it. To me, it's so much more than just the blanket statement I've always just skimmed over, to live as Christ and to die as gain. It's giving us eyes for both those that have gone on ahead of us and for those of us who are still here. To live is to take on Christ in all of his anointing, in all of his promises to be our deliverer. And that's what he wants to do and who he wants to be for you. And if I put all of that together and just kind of put it in my own words, for me to continue living here means that I am connected to the one who promises to deliver me and continue to bring healing and restoration to my shattered heart. Being alive here on earth means that through Christ the Messiah, there is still a way to have fullness and joy again, along with the reason to keep living. Death just means we gain even more of him. It's like our children have won the biggest jackpot possible. They've already won the jackpot. And you can live in a way that's full again because Christ is in you, who is the hope, the confident expectation of glory. Christ, he's life itself. And He wants to make good on this. He wants to be your Mashiach, 
your deliverer. As you continue to live, he wants to be that anointed deliverer and restorer in your life of that broken, shattered heart. Then there is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. I remember I was sitting out on a balcony when this verse hit me like it had never hit me before. This verse says that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or imagine according to the power that works in us. Now, if you're like me, I used to love that verse because I could imagine a lot of good things. And I believe that this verse meant that God would do even more than those great and wonderful things that I could imagine, like being an international children's minister. You know, God was going to, I mean, God took me to the nations, but I mean that he was going to do even more than what I could ask or think as far as the, the nations I would go to and the people I would touch. And, and that's kind of, you know, how I've heard it preached even is God can do more than we can ask or imagine or think, and I can imagine a lot, ha, 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 you know, kind of a thing. But, and of course, this is a verse then that becomes very disappointing, and we struggle with this verse because it's like God didn't do that for me. (laughs) I don't get it. But when the Holy Spirit showed me to see this verse in a totally different way after Becca died, it became very precious to me. Because when we're in that place of suffocating darkness after the death of our child, we cannot ever imagine coming out of that darkness. We can never imagine being happy again. We can't imagine having a a life of purpose and meaning again. We can't imagine enjoying life, right? We can't imagine living the rest of our life without our child. I used to have almost like panic attacks thinking of that, where it was like almost like I couldn't breathe thinking about living the rest of my life here without Becca one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. I just, I couldn't I couldn't fathom that. It was beyond what I could think or imagine. But the thing is, God can. God can not only imagine all of that, but he can also do above and beyond what we thought was possible in our lives after the death of our child. So often we can only imagine darkness for the rest of our time here on earth, but he can do so much more than what we can think or imagine at this point in our lives. He can bring light He can bring hope. He can give us a life of meaning and purpose again. And it is not in spite of our child's death, but it's because of his or her life. And it's because of the life of Christ and like what we've already talked about. He has come as the anointed deliverer for us so much more than what we could ask or imagine or think that our life could be here while we stay here on earth without our child. So this verse, it really comes down to a matter of trust. Do I trust that he can see what I can't see? Do I trust that he can hear what I can't hear? Do I believe that he knows the full picture and that what I'm going through fits into the plan of eternity way beyond what my finite mind can comprehend here on earth now in this darkness? If you cannot ever imagine having hope or light, or purpose in your life ever again, ask God to make good on this verse for you. And I believe he will. I really do. I think this verse is for people like us. It's not so we can get more good stuff from God. It's so that we can continue to live 
in a place of hope and light and meaning and purpose beyond what we think is even possible after the death of our child. Okay, here is the last one I want to talk about, and it is 1 Corinthians 15, 55. This is a verse we hear a lot around Easter, and it says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Now, I begged the Holy Spirit to explain this to me because I can tell you exactly where death's sting is after the death of my daughter. I know his word is true, but this, it wasn't true in my life, not even close. And God didn't answer that prayer right away to explain himself to me in this verse. But one day, when it wasn't even on my mind, he started to speak to me about it. Now, whenever we're dealing with a bee sting, one of the first things we do is to make sure we get the stinger out, right? My understanding is that sometimes the stinger, if it stays in the skin, it can continue to release the poison until it's pulled out or it runs out of poison. And right now, you and I, we still have the stinger in us. The pain from the poison of our child's death is still affecting us, and it's going to continue until we join our child on the other side of eternity. And that is where the sting of death will be pulled from us, and we will no longer be under the effect of that poison and continue feeling the pain of our child's death. Now, the interesting thing was as I pulled out my Bible to read this verse, and I, like I said, I like to read it in, in a lot of different versions. I'll, I'll turn to uh, scripture in a lot of different versions to get some different thoughts behind uh, what the original says. And I discovered that what the Holy Spirit had just spoken to my heart is exactly what this verse means. I want to start in verse 53 and read 54 from the contemporary English version, and it says it like this, Our dead and decaying bodies will be changed into bodies that won't die or decay. The bodies we have now are weak and can die, but they will be changed into bodies that are eternal. Then the scriptures will come true. Death has lost the battle. Where is its victory? Where is its sting? I noticed that based on the verses ahead of this, of, oh, death, where is your sting? Death, where is your victory? The verses ahead of that <laughs> talk about how our physical bodies, when we are changed to have our eternal bodies, at that point, death will have completely lost its power to hurt us, and it will be gone because the stinger will have been pulled. So I Hope that encourages you. I know it doesn't help for the sting you're feeling right now, but hang on because there will come a time when this scripture will become true in our lives. And our children have had the stinger pulled from them, right? They are no longer affected by the dark things of this world. I've already mentioned that. When I join Becca and you join your child or children, we'll be able to look down at Satan like our kids are right now and laugh at him because we will be able to say, death, where is your sting? I don't have it now and you can't get me with it anymore. And when I think about it, why should we wait? Why not tell the devil that right now, right? So I'm just going to declare this and, and speak this out and you can just come into agreement with it, okay? Satan, I may feel the sting of death now, but you don't have the final word in my life or in my child's life. 
The stinger has already been pulled from my child and someday it will be pulled from me as well. When that happens, I will be dancing in victory with my child and with Jesus who defeated you for all of eternity when he died and went to hell snatching the keys of death from you and walked out from the grave to remain alive forever. I may not feel like rejoicing right now about the day God will take away the sting of death from me, but I will someday. And until then, I choose to thank Jesus and thank the Father and thank the Holy Spirit for this amazing gift that is mine to receive when my time here is over. Thank you, Jesus, that you have removed the sting of death. And just because we're here now on this earth and we're still feeling the poison from that sting does not mean that your word is not true. I thank you, God, that you are a faithful God. You are a good God. And you still have treasures in your word for each one of us to help us through this dark time in our lives until we are with you for eternity and with our children. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I want to make sure you know as early as possible about the next grief cruise. The one we were part of a month ago, actually, as I'm recording this, we were on the cruise ship a month ago right now, and it was wonderful. Now, the next grief cruise is scheduled for February 23rd through March 2nd of 2025. So there is plenty of time to pay for it a little at a time over the next year. Also, my birthday just happens to be that week that we're going to be on the cruise. And I will officially become a senior citizen on that cruise. And I would love to have you join me for that time. I think it'll be a lot of fun. There will be three days of seminars and workshops on the days that we're at sea. The ports we visit are beautiful, and it is such a relaxing time. You're with other people who get it. You get to talk about your kids. You get to ask questions. You get to be pampered with room service. There's no cooking, no dishes to wash. You can be served at a table for every single one of your meals if you want, or you can pick from huge daily buffets. We sit together for our evening meals in the dining room for those who want to be together. If you want to find out more, go to gpshope.org slash cruise. It can't hurt to take a look, right? There is a place on the web page if you go there, or I should say when you go there. You can click to ask for details on the cabin prices and have the coordinator, Lynn Finley, answer any questions you might have. Now, there's no obligation whatsoever when you click and request that information. And I'll put a link to that webpage in the show notes also, gpshope.org slash cruise. I really hope a lot of our listeners will join us for this. Let's go ahead with our birthday segment. Everett. Molino was born on November 9th and is forever 15. Bodine Gordon was born on November 10th and is forever 23. Nathan Theriault was born on November 11th and is forever 2 years old. We celebrate the day these children came into the world and into the lives of their families. It will always, always be a very important and special day. 
If you would like to have your child's birthday announce the week of his or her birthday, I would love to be able to do that for you and honor your child and bless you in that way. Just go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Fill out the form. There's also a place to put in the pronunciation of your child's first name or last name if it's ever mispronounced because I don't want to slaughter it. I want to be able to say it correctly for you. Just submit that information and I will add your child to the birthday list and announce him or her to our listeners the week of their birthday. The soul and the spirit are so intertwined at times, it's hard to tell which is which. Even God acknowledges that because we read in Hebrews 4 verse 12 that the word of God is living and powerful and it's sharper than a double-edged sword able to separate the soul and the spirit. Like I said at the beginning, I know it's hard for some of you to pick up and read your Bible, but I do suggest you find a way to read the word, listen to the word, something, even when we don't feel like it, whether it's physically, emotionally, or spiritually that you're struggling or in every area. Because like I've said, so many verses I see through totally different eyes now, and it's not all negative. I mean, there are so many verses that I just wanted to like cross out of my Bible that God works everything out for good, right? Romans 8. It's like, how can God possibly work something good out of the death of my daughter, Becca? But the thing is, he has. Would I rather have Becca yet? Yeah, definitely, absolutely, hands down. But God has worked good things in my life, even with Becca being gone. And there are so often that a scripture will come my way that I interpreted all my life in a certain way, and now it has new meaning that's incredibly exactly what I need at the moment. The Holy Spirit knows what you need when you need it. So give him opportunities to be able to minister to you in that way through his word. Just like our grief is a lifelong process, I think learning to live loved by the Father is a lifelong process to become acclimated and to really believe and live in the fullness of that love, especially after the death of our child. But once you can begin to cross that barrier and begin to tear down maybe the wall that you have put up between you and God, it gets sweet. It becomes very, very sweet. I believe God has special messages just for you in his word. Like me, verses that you have been familiar with in the past can take on new meaning in a way that strengthens you and comforts you and gives you hope in your place of darkness. And speaking of hope, as you allow God's word to minister to you in new ways, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.